triggered a virtual flashback to December when protests paralyzed the city. Not just today in anger and outrage, but we also saw the flashback in the rhetoric that we heard. The Delhi Police Commissioner asking why should he resign. He says, I'll resign a thousand times if only it will end rape. If my resigning will prevent such depraved actions of uh, the society, then I am prepared to resign a thousand times. The Home Minister again platitudes in Parliament today saying that rapes happen all over India. The BGP demanding heads must roll. Are these the answers? What more must we do? That's later in the show. We'll also be speaking to the Delhi Police Commissioner. But first, the top debate tonight. Chinese troops have set up a tented post 10 kilometers within Indian territory in northern Ladakh and for the last six days have refused to vacate. India has asked for a meeting on this, but there's been no response. Who will blink first? That's our special focus. Is the Indian government guilty of downplaying the latest border incident with China in Ladakh? Six days on, Chinese soldiers continue to be stationed at a remote camp 10 kilometers within Indian territory in northern Ladakh. On April 15th, 15 to 20 Chinese troops erected a tented post in Daulat Begoldi. Now, the Indian army has also set up its own temporary camp just a few hundred meters from the Chinese soldiers to take on the Dragon's Challenge. Although the Indians have asked for another delegation level meeting with the Chinese, there has been no response so far to the proposal. Sources say, India's External Affairs Ministry and China's Border Affairs Department are in touch on the phone and the aim is immediate de-escalation of the crisis. Small incursions across the 4000 km line of actual control stretching from Arunachal Pradesh to Ladakh are quite common. But this is the first time in recent years that the Chinese troops have come and stayed put. The assessment in the Indian government is that the Chinese will eventually withdraw but will use the occupation lay claims to the area at a later stage of border negotiations. But Defence Minister A.K. Anthony assures India that it will take all steps to protect the country's interest. We are taking every action to protect our interest. The target of Chinese incursion, Daulat Beg Oldi, is of strategic importance to India because it is very close to the Karakoram Pass, which means India can keep an eye on the highway connecting China and Pakistan. Also, this is where India established a landing strip during the 1962 war. At 16,700 feet, the strip is one of the world's highest. We just don't uh, want um, uh, any departure from proportionality. Um, it's a matter that we take seriously, but we will address it in an appropriate way and we are, we are addressing it. I, I don't think we should, uh, uh, we should allow this to get beyond the immediate uh, area and the immediate incident that, that it concerns. We should retain it at that level and not allow it to escape that level. So what are the options before India? Should it resolve the issue peacefully or should it push back China aggressively from Ladakh? Those are no, not easy questions to answer. Complex questions coming up but still 
This silence, the muted response by India has raised many questions. Joining me tonight, I'm joined by Dr. Mehboob Beg of the National Conference, a Lok Sabha MP, of course, uh, from Jammu and Kashmir and uh, Ladakh. The, the, your Minister of State for Home has already raised questions about what India is planning to do about this. Also joining me tonight, former Army Chief uh, General VP Malik. I'm also joined by former Foreign Secretary Mr. Kaval Sibyl and I'll be joined by Ajay Shukla, analyst as well. Dr. Mehboob Beg, uh, we heard Salman Khurshid there say, let's not blow this out of proportion. This is something we are trying to resolve Let's be patient. Do you agree with him or do you feel, because you know the Jammu and Kashmir government has been warning for some years now about Chinese intrusions. Are you satisfied with the central response? No, really not. question is uh, you have to have some long-term uh, policy in place. Mm -hmm. It hasn't happened first time. It has been happening, as you said also, in 2010 and 2011. Mm -hmm. We were building up a road there and they asked us to stop it. And then Umar Abdullah Chepanisa wrote to the government of India and nothing happened. We don't know what happened after that. It is not only on military front, even on political front, if you remember. Uh, it was not Pakistan, it was China who even to the people of Jammu and Kashmir, residents of Jammu and Kashmir, uh, they were allowed to visit India, uh, sorry, China on staple visas because they said, no, it's a disputed territory, you don't need visas mm -hmm. and uh, nothing happened. So I think uh, we have to be, we have to have a clear, categoric, firm policy vis-a-vis -vis China. We can't wish away things. We have issues with uh, China. We should be resolved. Maybe short term they will take care of themselves. But in long term, you have to have policy in place. Uh, and it's interesting because, of course, if you make the comparison, the red flags are always raised when it's Pakistan. And, uh, of course, uh, the Kargil intrusion uh, first alerted uh, to us by shepherds. General VP Malik, do you see any comparisons or do you accept that at least the government of India's view that Pakistan and China have to be dealt with very differently? Oh, I think uh, uh, these are also intrusions uh, with a view to exercising their claims continuously. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have been doing it frequently and this has also been done, uh, as somebody else said, it is a sensitive, it's a strategically impor important area. But I am afraid uh, we have no alternative at the moment. Uh, we cannot take the kind of action that we took against Pakistan. We cannot take that kind of an action particularly in this area uh, against China. So I, I believe that there is no alternative except to talk to them diplomatically and uh, uh, modify our policy to the extent that is possible. Tina, we often hear that uh, word used when it comes to Indian politics, but in the sense of dealing with China, a very different, much craftier neighbor than perhaps uh, Pakistan is. And also, we've been hearing encouraging noises, a recent setting up of a mechanism, uh, the new leadership also reaching out to India in a sense. Does India have to be doubly careful not to somehow tip that very, very delicate balance at this point? Or are we being weak on this issue? Are we being blind to what the la uh, longer term implications are? Well, you have to take a few things <clears throat> into consideration. One, that is not the first time that these intrusions have taken place. And each time this has happened, the government of India has said, not the Chinese government, that there are different perceptions on both sides of where the line of control is and therefore trying to uh, play down the seriousness of, of these issues. I think the problem is much bigger than this, which is that the Chinese refuse uh, to settle the border issue. Wen Jiabao, the former Prime Minister, when he came here in 2010, December, mm -hmm. said that uh, it, the border issue will, will take a long time to settle, if at all. Mm -hmm. The new Chinese President, 
has very soon after <laughs> taken over sent a clear message to us that this will not be resolved at least in the 10 years that he'll be in power when he said that this issue is not easy to resolve without explaining why it is not easy to resolve because we'll maintain peace you make sure that the peace is maintained on this them. order so this is their version of that it. suits them because to keep the pot boiling uh, not to settle uh, the issue actually we had proposed that let us agree where the disputed pockets are mm -hmm. that you tell us where you think that uh, you are in control and we'll tell you where we think we are in control then we will superimpose these two maps mm -hmm. then delineate what the areas of dispute are and then on that basis negotiate to reach some compromise but the chinese have refused that why are they refusing this because they want to keep us on tenter hooks they want to keep pressure points on us they want to keep us on the back foot. They want to keep us boxed into South Asia. They want to limit our role mm -hmm. in this region and, and beyond. And therefore, and they want us to look after them each time when we seek something f from them, favors like membership of the Security Council, membership of the NSE, they have the upper hand. So they are playing a game at two levels. They are playing to their strengths. Therefore, they say, let us have more investment. Let us have more economic cooperation because they are strong there. But we will not solve the border issue. Why not? Because it is unnatural and highly dangerous that the two biggest countries in Asia should have a 3,000 kilometers plus long border, undemarcated and undefined. And these incidents will continue to happen and poison the atmosphere and raise the level of distrust we have about China's intentions. But China seems to be content with the present situation. Yes. And we get all excited when these things occur because they have the upper hand and we have no ready answer. Ajay Shukla, come in here on that point. A tented post, no response for, uh, for six days, even though recently we know the NSA and there had been uh, the whole discussion about setting up a mechanism for issues exactly like this. There's been some phone conversation, India wants a meeting, nothing's actually gone forward. Are we ceding valuable ground? Because I think the point also made about the strategic encirclement that China is doing. We've seen the worries over Sri Lanka, uh, the worries over the encirclement in Nepal as well. Are we ceding valuable ground here to China? What is our China policy? At least for Pakistan, we'd have the peaceniks, we'd have uh, some, we'll have, know that Prime Minister Manmohan Singh has a very keen eye on what's happening with Pakistan. What's happening with China? Well, we actually have a fairly uh, clear China policy, and that policy is to manage tensions. Mm -hmm. uh, despite what the media says, and despite what strategists who are outside the government keep saying and keep trying to equate India with China, the fact is, India is not in China's league. And nowhere so is this clearer than on the border where strategy is determined by geography. This particular area where this, in, this incursion has taken place is an area where China built a highway hundreds of kilometers long and India found out six years after the highway was built that there was a highway there. And now we are getting all eloquent about an incursion of 8 kilometers into the thing and this is the kind of incursion that actually China has done several times before in mm. this area. Each time the Indians have reacted <coughs> with some degree of maturity I must say by putting up a tented camp next to the Chinese and after 6 or 8 days the Chinese get up and leave. They've asserted their claim on the area, they've sent the message and they've gone. Tensions have been managed, the matter is under control. Now everybody says India doesn't or China doesn't want to resolve the issue. China would resolve the issue tomorrow morning. All India has to do is say, we'll give you Arunachal Pradesh, we'll give you Aksai Chin, China will sign on the dotted line tomorrow. India wants the issue resolved tomorrow morning on its own terms. 
So you're saying India is actually it's working for the benefit of India by keeping it vague in the sense or whatever because we can't we can't match up. Doctor Beg, is that is that the reality? No, Maybe that's why the letters are going unanswered. Uh, but I don't think because we we have been only raked to to whatever is happening. You mm -hmm. can't wish away things, as I said. You have to take things head on. I think, as you also said, we are very clear, categorical. We know everything. Whatever Pakistan do, uh, does, we have a clear-cut policy vis-à-vis Pakistan, and we don't have it vis-à-vis uh, -vis China. I think uh, that's not going to help. We have to resolve issues. Issues are there, and unless and until we resolve issues, maybe I don't say militarily, maybe mm -hmm. politically, diplomatic ways, but uh, wishing away things will not happen. There are issues between China and uh, China and India. These are happening again and again and yet again. Even if we want to wish them away, and wishing them away will not help. We have to take some concrete steps, short term, long term, to resolve them and address them. General Malik, we all remember the controversy when our former Defence Minister George Fernandez had made that point that China is enemy number one. At this point, given as we said, the volatility is always when we talk about uh, cross-border intrusions, incursions by Pakistan. China somehow is not top of the mind uh, politically at all in terms of rhetoric. As a former army chief, who do you think is India's enemy number one? Look, uh, even at that time when we were looking at our long-term likely adversary, we said it was China. Mm -hmm. But uh, so the the difference was one was a long-term possible adversary, and the other one was uh, uh, an immediate adversary because of uh, it kept on laying claims on uh, Kashmir. So the problem today, as far as the military is concerned, there is no adequate. Infrastructure in all these areas, particularly in this area, what we call the subsector north, where Dalat Beg Oldi is located, mm -hmm. and uh, obviously, if you do not have the capability to fight militarily, militarily and win a battle, mm -hmm. there is no point in going in for a battle. So, as far as the military action is concerned, unless we have adequate infrastructure and we can build forces. Uh, whenever uh, we like, at a very short notice, to, uh, and to be able to take them on, uh, I don't think it will be possible for us to uh, take any military action. So, therefore, the answer lies in diplomatic uh, action only. And I think the diplomatic people have failed because since 1996 we have an agreement which we have not been able to implement because both countries have not been able to indicate the. Uh, the perception of their line of actual control till today, mm -hmm. and Ajay's point, of course, means that uh, for India, it's actually advantages to keep it this way because there's no chance of winning the battle with China on that. But diplomatically, General Malik making the point that we have failed. Do you agree with that view, given the fact no. that some have said that there's been some movement forward, especially under the current NSA? No, 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 no. We have two agreements of 1993, 1996, mm -hmm. peace and tranquility agreements and CBMs. And the fact of the matter is that since 1993, in fact, well, well before that, there has been no actual incident on the line of control where mm -hmm. the two sides have come into conflict with each other. Uh, we have now tried to strengthen these mechanisms by creating this latest uh, mechanism for consultations, so that uh, in case there are this confrontation of the kind we are now seeing, it should not escalate mm -hmm. politically uh, or, or otherwise. But the fact of the matter is that uh, we have uh, uh, been very cautious uh, towards China. We recognize uh, our weakness, 
we recognize the fact that our infrastructure, as has been mentioned just now, in the in these areas is is not good enough. And actually, we don't want a conflict with China. We want to resolve this issue. And I will dispute two things: one, that we've not been able to delineate the pockets of. Uh, uh, where we differ with regard mm -hmm. to where actually the LAC is. This is not true because when I was in Foreign Secretary, I negotiated this. The Chinese simply walked out of the process. Mm -hmm. And there is a reason why they did so. Because if you are going to agree that the only issue that is left is where the actual line of control is, then they can't claim Arunachal Pradesh. They can't claim Tawang because they are not in control of these areas. But this whole issue of stapled visas, as Dr. Baig pointed out, that seemed to be, in a sense, a very a complete insult in terms of everybody Absolutely, and we should, you should have reacted to that and we and should have started really giving stapled visas to Tibetans. We should have had some reaction, but we didn't, we didn't react and Chinese were able to score a point. And now that they have stopped issuing stapled visa doesn't actually remove the basic, uh, not remove, uh, do away with the basic political point which they have already signaled that they do not consider this territory as an integral uh, part of India. They, they have not undone that. that but therefore, we should have taken, taken some reaction. And finally, to say that we will sign uh, with the Chinese tomorrow mm -hmm. or they'll be ready to sign with us if we hand over Natural Pradesh or whatever else. And because we are not doing this, therefore, somehow we are at fault. I think this is a totally irrational analysis. How can anyone say that? That the only because, beca because we don't want to give up more of our territory, because we don't want to cede Arunachal Pradesh, therefore, we are being unreasonable. <coughs> I mean, I think I it think is totally the opposite. You have for many years. When you see, uh, go ahead. This is uh, the Indian Foreign Service has never understood what China's real issue is. China doesn't want Arunachal Pradesh. China has barely, <coughs> beg your pardon, managed to establish some degree of control over Tibet. The whole reason, and this is what Indian strategists don't understand, the whole reason why they are claiming these claims and keeping the border dispute alive is to keep the dialogue on Arunachal Pradesh and prevent India from making the dialogue about Tibet. Because China's whole fear is that India which actually is the world's leading proponent in, in practical terms of Tibetan independence, might create a dialogue over Tibet. Mm -hmm. So this, this, is, this, is, this whole business of we want to talk about the border, and we want, it, it doesn't understand what China's this, perspective this is. Ridiculous. Is. But more importantly, <laughs> it's ridiculous. in 1954, we agreed that Tibet is an integral part of China. Since then, we have repeated this formulation. So where is, uh, where is this coming from that uh, we are the biggest proponents of independence of Tibet? The Tibetan government Absolutely of exile is in India. Absolutely the Dalai not. Lama lives in India. India has a force of Tibetan, well, let me, let me just call it a Tibetan force. India is the one country that has real leverage in Tibet and China is seriously worried. But one more thing, Sonia, is yes. very important, you know, mm -hmm. every, for all the people who talk about hardline action over mm -hmm. this. Let's remember that there has been a Chinese intrusion Kargil style in India, Sumdurongchu in 1986. India essentially almost went to war over that. We built up, we established, you know, a large number of forces over there and we were all set to attack. China still continues to occupy that area even today, almost so, 20 years after that. So there's a limit to what we can do. Let's recognize that. No, but also I think what's important is to recognize the geopolitical reality of the Surrounding, as I said, the encircling, when you look at Gwadar and Pakistan, Hamban Tota and Sri Lanka, Chittagong, Bangladesh, Sitwe Yangon, Myanmar, the whole encirclement 
is that being looked enough at from a strategic point of view? Because it's really not just about Arunachal, but really uh, China establishing itself very clearly as uh, across Asia and in some places in conflict with Indian interests. That's right. So is it uh, kind of saying that we must accept that might is right and uh, forget about it? Just manage it when whenever they do something, just react to it and uh, just hope for the best. A uh, question is that uh, might is accepting that might is right and doing nothing about it would uh, not suit uh, the kind of image India has established. But why didn't the Jammu Kashmir government bring it up more? The way you would bring up cross-border infiltration from Pakistan, of why course, isn't this a priority number one as well with the that. That's what I said center. in the beginning. Mm -hmm. In 2010 and 2000, even today, we have written to government of India saying that uh, please look into it and stop all this because we are the people who are getting affected by this. And uh, then people of Jammu and Kashmir, they look at it very strangely. They see when something happens from Pakistan, there is a, an immediate reaction, uh, whether it is military, political, diplomatic, and rightly so. But uh, why not against China? Because the only person I have seen talking about it in the parliament is Malayam Singh Yadav. He has been saying it again and yet again. Mm -hmm. But nobody talks about it because perhaps electorally, it, neither, it doesn't suit BJP. That's why they are uh, uh, quiet about it. <laughs> it doesn't strike electoral court. We do have to take. Uh, we do have to end this discussion here. But let's just see how it unfolds. The Indian government being very, very cautious about this, and nobody in the opposition has brought it up yet. So we thank you all very much for joining me. It's interesting, really, to see the different views on China as well, heated in some cases. Uh, General Malik, Mr. Sibyl, Ajay Shukla, and Dr. Bay, thank you very much for joining me. Let's just go across the story breaking now on NDTV, and that's details of the affidavit the CBI is meant to file in the. Supreme Court. Why is this crucial? Because this affidavit will tell the Supreme Court whether the government or specifically the law minister interfered in a status report looking into the coal scam which was given to the Supreme Court a few weeks ago. Uh, Sunetra Chaudhary joins me and so does Sunil Prabhu in the political fallout because already within the Congress High Command there is a view now that what the law minister did actually summoning a meeting may be absolutely indefensible. Will Ashwini Kumar be made the political scapegoat? Sunetra, over to you first for details of what the CBI is likely to say in that crucial affidavit to be given on Friday. Well, that Friday affidavit, they are going to reply to that crucial question that was posed by the Supreme Court about whether this has been shared by the political executive. And our source is telling us that they can't lie, they can't commit perjury, and they will have to share and tell the court, because there is a record of the files being taken out of CBI as well, that yes, they were called for a law minister, Ashwini Kumar, in his office. And that perhaps, and while CBI sources saying that they will emphasize something they said in their clarification earlier as well, that it didn't alter the stand, that the report still indicts in critical terms the government, that the report is very strong and they are willing to proceed and submit their case studies and everything else to show that they didn't dilute their stand. What our sources are telling us is that the Supreme Court because of the fact that they shared the information, mm -hmm. isn't likely to take very easy on it. And it, that by itself, the fact that CBI is going to admit that they had a meeting is going to be something that the, the law minister is going to get indicted over. So in a sense, Sunil, uh, we've seen that uh, CBI status report, the detail that Sunitra has got, seem to have toned down a bit from the initial reports where we, there were some reports that the CBI director is going to stand up and say that, look, I was influenced or the law minister tried to pressure me and I stood up. So it's diluted. But will this be enough to save the government or specifically the law minister? Will the government try to make the law minister the sole uh, scapegoat for this? Is that what the thinking is now? That's right, uh, Sonia. In fact, uh, it's basically semantics of the word. Even if you don't use the word influence, if you say consulted, he didn't vet it. The fact is that the role of the uh, law minister in calling for that meeting 
seems extremely as 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 one senior uh, uh, government official and uh, leader put it it's become untenable for the law minister to continue mm -hmm. and especially if given the fact that parliament has resumed today it's been a stormy session they have to pass the finance bill uh, somewhere down the line they realize uh, they will have to have a give and take and the uh, possible uh, giving is uh, the law minister mr ashwini kumar they'll wait for that affidavit it's become untenable you'll of course ask me sonia why not the prime minister's office who was also involved yes they were doing their job that's the argument being given in the remit and the role of why the prime minister was the coal minister and that's the reason why they were consulting mm -hmm. and explaining to the, uh, the the cbi the complex process of the coal alloc allocation and they are quite emphatic in stating right. that prime minister at no stage either advised the law minister or any of the officials to engage with the cbi right but of course the big question is will the supreme court buy this argument that's really the key issue let's see how that goes on friday but snetra and uh, sunil thanks for the exclusive details on the affidavit and the government thinking at this point let's just move across to the other story we've been talking about not just a story really a tragedy which is happening across india today a second man arrested from bihar charged with raping the little 5 year old girl in delhi who has become the focus of protests and outrage across the country the man named pradeep is illiterate according to the police they say he did this after watching porn on his mobile with manoj the other accused meanwhile in parliament today a debate which didn't go beyond the platitudes from the home minister saying rapes happen everywhere in india to others blaming tv and film ignored was the crucial need for police reform and implementation of current laws confession on camera दिस मॉर्निंग सेकेंड अक्यूज अरेस्टेड इन बिहार फॉर रेपिंग अ फाइव इयर ओल्ड गर्ल शी वॉज किडनेप्ड वाइल शी वॉज प्लेइंग आउटसाइड हर होम इन ईस्ट डेली शी वॉज डिस्कवर्ड टू डेज लेटर बैटर्ड एंड ब्लीडिंग इन अ टाइनी रूम जस्ट बिलो हर होम Her rape triggering massive protests at Delhi's Jantar Mantar and outside the police headquarters with demands for the commissioner's scalp. Hum yahi to keh rahe hain ki suraksha do mahila ko. Isse zyada koi badi baat kar rahe hain. So lots of various groups are here in Jantar Mantar and Parliament Street. And the authorities as usual had too little too late to quell the rage. If my resigning will prevent such depraved actions of uh, the society then i am prepared to resign a thousand times but that is not going to address the problem the problem is one of uh, uh, mental depravity uh, the problem is one of uh, psychopathy in parliament on the first day of session the home minister's statement merely listing facts did nothing to contain the fury his message to protesters not just in delhi rapes happen elsewhere too bulaiye meeting hum ek swar mein bolenge ki agar bacchi ka balatkar karte ho to is desh mein sazae maut hogi main is baat se ghabra raha hu ki aap diagnosis galat karwaye aap jo mard hai uska ilaj hi kaise karenge jab tak aap uski reason hi nahi malum ho aise mamle mein jo aaropi log hain jo doshi log hain unko phansi ki saza honi chahiye But none of this has stemmed reports of more and more attacks on children. A 9-year-old gang raped and left in a tea garden in Assam with her throat slit. A 4-year-old raped by her cousin in Nagpur. A 6-year-old in Uttar Pradesh hospitalized after being raped. 
A 10-year-old raped in Muzaffarnagar in UP. An 11th standard student raped by her teacher in Pratapgarh in UP. A 4-year-old abducted and raped in Madhya Pradesh. Here too, the police resisted filing a case. NDTV Bureau Report. So as we look at statistics for the family of each of these young children, it is an individual tragedy. A tragedy we need to now stand up and speak about. Joining me tonight is Anuaga Rajya Sabha MP, also member of the Standing Committee looking at women's empowerment. I'm also joined by Brinda Grover, well-known activist and Supreme Court lawyer. Kiran Bedi, former IPS officer and again activist uh, working with young children. I'm also joined by Rahul Bose, not here tonight in his capacity as actor, but in his capacity as someone who set up a foundation which deals with children who have survived sexual abuse and talks about how you can actually help them recover from that trauma and also join me tonight a senior BJP leader Najma Heptullah also Rajya Sabha MP Anu Aga as a member of the Rajya Sabha you listened to that debate today and it seemed a deja vu of the debates that we heard in December in many ways what happened in December changed our perception uh, uh, vocalized our outrage against what happens to women now it's focused around young children what do you hope can come of this outrage you know if we come up with knee-jerk reactions and not bring about systemic changes, I don't think it's going to help. For example, most people in the Rajya Sabha, in the debate, wanted capital punishment. They were blaming westernization, mm. uh, con consumerism, uh, closing down uh, bars and dancing and uh, blaming the movies. If we keep blaming things like that and don't look inward, for example, we are a very pater uh, paternalistic, what do you call it? patriarchal society, sorry. Mm -hmm. And look at the female feticide happening in India. So we don't value women. Let's look at our culture. We call ourselves spiritual, but that's just a word we are using. We need police reform. Everyone is saying it. I'm fed up of hearing it. Why aren't our politicians saying it? <laughs> I have no idea. But this is ridiculous. Even without the police reform, where is the accountability? Mm. Anytime something like this happened, a policeman has been suspended. What does that mean? People are tired of this. We want more transparency and definitely more accountability. So it's an issue of accountability. Uh, we've got tough laws. How do we actually implement those? Uh, Javed Akhtar also joins me, who spoke very eloquently in the Rajya Sabha today about this. Uh, Javed Sab, both Anuaga, you, Najma Heptullah, three members of the Rajya Sabha with us this evening. We're talking about looking at the core issues, and somehow the debate seems to blur away from these. Uh, Anuaga, raise some of these points. We're talking about westernization, movies, film. Why aren't we looking at the tough measures needed? Is it about the police commissioner going? Is it about the home minister going? Will that change? We heard the Delhi Police Commissioner say today, I'll resign a thousand times if that will stop rape. Do you think there has to be a twin element of both accountability and also not always blaming it on something else? Where are the key police reforms needed? Why are these tough decisions not taken? Cleaning up politics, cleaning up criminalization in politics. Now, you see, uh, to solve this problem, we have to make a multi-thronged effort. Uh, some short-term and some long-term. In short terms, you see, I think most of the time we bark at the wrong tree. Mm -hmm. The law, uh, the uh, uh, law and order system has to be responsible to catch the criminal, see to it that the criminal reaches the court, 
then we have to have a fast track court that sees it. We have to educate a policeman, we have to sensitize them. I mean, everybody is saying that the police commissioner should resign. That too will be symbolic even if he resigns. But the, it is the responsibility of the police commissioner to see to it that there is FIR against those policemen who slapped the women protesters, uh, FIR against those policemen who tried to bribe the victim father, FIR against the policemen who refused to uh, write down the FIR. These people should not be just suspended. They should be arrested and put behind bars. Then we will say that the police chief is on the side of the victim. But if the police chief is trying to defend them and trying to uh, dilute the matter against them, then he is standing by the criminal. So this is, this is important that how he acts. And that's uh, a, that, that's he should show his credentials by acting against these policemen who are responsible for uh, behaving in such a manner. Right, so suspension is not enough. It's a, sorry, go ahead. No, of course it is not enough. It happens, you know, you suspend the policeman and when the limelight moves away from the incident, gradually bring him back. I have seen it hundred times. Mm -hmm. You have to write an FIR against the man, you have to arrest the person and you have to prosecute him. Because the larger message, the strong message goes that out to exactly. the entire police force and you of do course. something like that. Najma Abdullah, come in here. Because the police commissioner, if the police commissioner says that yes. nothing, my resignation will not help, maybe it won't. But if he doesn't act against that, then he better resign. Najma Either Abdullah. he acts against the criminals yes. or he should resign. He has a choice. Najma Abdullah, come Yes, sorry. I, I'm just, Javid I just wanted to come back. I want to get Najma Ji in on two, th three points that have been raised. One, we talked about the short-sightedness of the police response. We know that the BGP has said that the police commissioner must resign. In fact, the Congress also, Sandeep Dixit has said he must go. But the worry is, and I think that's the worry of the common citizen, that they feel that, okay, this crisis will be ridden out. Everybody will hope that people forget. Protesters will go home. And then we'll, let, we'll have these, uh, you know, kind of band-aids put and nothing will I'm actually... I'm sorry I'm interrupting you. Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry I'm interrupting you. But one line, one line. Yes. That either he should take an action against those people who are responsible, those officers, or he should resign. Yes. Right. There is a choice. Najma Abdullah, the point I was asking you is that what has been very sad today is to see this bit, the Home Minister saying rapes happen all across India. This kind of political bickering about where the rapes happening. People, the Congress is saying, why doesn't Sushma Swaraj talk about rapes in Madhya Pradesh? Sushma Swaraj saying, why is the Delhi Chief Minister making sure the city is not safe? This is not the kind of political rhetoric we want to see at this time, yet we get back into this time and again. First you had asked me about the policemen. Both. Uh, go ahead. And I would tell you what I, in the last session, when the discussion was going on, mm -hmm. I had told the Home Minister to do the police reform. The police reform doesn't mean that somebody has to be suspended. The police reform is their attitudinal change. Today also I said, the police deals every day with criminals. They should be taught how to deal with ordinary citizens. Abroad in America, which we generally follow, policeman is not considered to be a, their enemy. Policeman is considered to be their friend, which they can go for help. This is not the attitude in our country. When we want to frighten a child, we say, Chup ho ja, otherwise we will call the policeman. So the policeman is like a hawa, which is not the correct image. The, we have to change the image and that is within the uh, control of the government and government should do it. And last session also I had asked and this time also I would say the same thing. Second thing is, 
there should be heinous punishment for heinous crime until unless you bring the fear in the mind of the person nobody is going to listen to it the so much delay takes place in taking action that people forget about it javed sahab has said very correctly that people forget it the temper goes down people get busy with other work but isn't this the what this is what the political class relies on uh, ms uh, najma ji isn't this what the no, political class is, relies on whether it's in madhya pradesh no, or I delhi or sam or maharashtra no, that's what your uh, the political class relies on no no not at all i spoke in the parliament i belong to bjp i belong to madhya pradesh i am representing madhya pradesh and i said whether the rape is in delhi madhya pradesh up maharashtra or anywhere it is i am part of india i am not dividing myself into states i hope all the members of parliament think that they are indian first and they belong to the different state later first we are indian and if anything wrong is going in india we have to show our concern we, there is no point in pointing finger to somebody that's exactly what i said in the house let me get in let me get in vrinda grover yes. has been wanted to come in on a vrinda grover uh, go ahead you wanted to come in on this points a lot of people ma- making a difference in what happened in december now cuz i think this time the protests seem very political would you agree with that argument see it may be it may be that the large numbers are mobilized by uh, parties who wish to take advantage and capitalize on this opportunity to pull the present government the state government down and there are elections round the corner that's all right i don't think we are going to look for change depending on how many people are out there on the road the anger the outrage the despair of the people of this country is apparent and if the political class particularly the parliament is only going to act or react if there is a large number of people outside then i think we are in a sorry state mm-hmm. i want to make a couple of quick points here I think we need to acknowledge that in so far as the political class is concerned and I would like to mention that you know people like uh, Anudhi or Javed Saab and some notable exceptions uh, uh, being there to th- uh, the political class has through various debates shown absolute bankruptcy of ideas of uh, action or of insight and analysis therefore each time they stand up and they want to play to the gallery and talk about the death penalty which they know for which they have to do nothing mm-hmm. we see the police commissioner blaming the psychology of the individual everybody is externalizing and blaming somebody else here the police commissioner has no business telling us whether psychologically a person is depraved or not whosoever's business that is they will look into it and i completely endorse the point the police commissioner does no no longer inspires the confidence of the people of this city and therefore he needs to go whether if he goes rape will take place or not we don't know but by him being there rapes are taking place you've just shown us on the on your television that there has been a vigilance in, uh, uh, inquiry and a departmental probe why does this privileging of the erring police officer continue even though the law says something else who is protecting whom the the people who are supposed to take action on police accountability i actually find the word police reform totally misnomer no but are the political parties why don't they introduce police accountability in their respective states let me just but let me just get in kiran bethan another because kiran i know that some of the points you also raised is that also this whole distrust of the police is complete uh, you know the uh, arrest them immediately etc let there not be an inquiry you raised the question that why would anyone want to join the police now we've seen those visuals actually we've seen those protesters attacking the police uh, really treating them as the enemies how has it come to such a state and how do we actually resolve in some ways the widening gap between the police uh, najma also made that point that the police are seen as enemies 
Sonia, if I go back a little before the crime has happened, before a crime happens, is prevention. You can prevent a lot if you work no, Neeraj, during the peace Neeraj time. Neeraj Kumar made the point that look, 90% are known to you. How can any policeman Na, prevent a neighbor raping a younger? 96%. Yes. 96% were known. Now, that means go back to as much prevention as possible. Can a police beat man prevent what's going to happen between a father and a child? So what do we do? really need to do is actually work home to home, house to house. It's like Rotarians and government got together and finished polio. What did they do? On a sustained basis for years, they worked house to house. Let's first accept we have a problem. Yeah. And let's accept that we need a social revolution of this. And social revolution means exactly what Brinda is also saying. We even need to bring in political responsibility, not just police responsibility. What about what are the MLAs not nursing their constituencies on prevention? Why aren't the MPs going back to their own areas to work on, on mobilization, on prevention, making people understand what is this new law? What is how serious the problem is? This man, second man who's been caught, has not even gone to school. Hmm. He's an illiterate man. Hmm. Has he had any parenting? Has he had any upbringing? Is he aware of what the outrage has been? Is he watching news and television? He probably doesn't even know what's going on. And he's only looking at porn on his mobile. Where so where is prevention? Yes. Which means you need house-to-house -house mobilization to declare this as a national social evil and come back to collaborative policing at the ground level, which means prevention before it happens. Rahul Bose, come in here. We talk about prevention. Uh, uh, Others argue that, look, if it's a father with a child, I thought the real issue also in this was really the response of the state to somebody who's poor. It's also about a class issue. Mm -hmm. We know that every child is vulnerable to abuse, but every child and his parents will not face this response if they go to a police station. What we've ignored is a large number of children who are actually missing as we speak, missing most probably to be abused. So you've been working with child survivors of abuse. Do you find the almost the police blindness as it were towards a certain class of society which is also the core of the issue here it's not really a uniform uh, insensitivity to rape it also depends on which class the child comes from well first of all um, child sexual abuse happens um, regardless of class yes uh, the 53 percent figure is almost even uh, rural urban uh, upscale um, uh, downscale whatever you look at it so i think that it's um, it's it's widespread and it's prevalent amongst approximately 200 million children today in the country but um, uh, i think that um, the the point you brought out about missing persons report i don't think there's still the sensitivity or the uh, or the knowledge that when a child especially a child under 12 i was speaking to flavia agnes today and we were talking about this uh, when a child under 12 is reported missing, uh, you should be very, very worried mm. because, uh, you know, it, it, it probably means that the child uh, is, is being abused, locked up uh, some way or the other. So I think that uh, there are many, we've only just, only just formulated this year, or rather last year, mm -hmm. the uh, Protection of Children from Sexual Offenses Act. Mm -hmm. So for the first time, we, so I'm saying that we're moving to a place where there is a greater uh, slow but greater knowledge of what this entire what CSA is child sexual abuse and I do believe Sonia that what happened in December um, thanks to the uh, young women and men of Delhi and other parts of the country was profound there was a seminal moment where we can say safely that the shame surrounding a rape yes. irrational irrational the shame sh surrounding a rape has started to be lifted off Yes. And I think that we are at a similar inflection point at this uh, today 
with the kind of protests taking uh, place in Delhi and in other parts of the country. In fact, as far as child sexual abuse is concerned, the whole recognition of a problem before we diagnose it. Uh, but uh, I'm sorry, uh, Rahul, just interrupt because we have actually joining us right now the Delhi Police Commissioner uh, with Barkha. We're just going to go across that live, and then I'm going to come back to my panel. Uh, Barkha, over to you with Mr. Neeraj Kumar. Thanks very much, Sonia. As we have heard, a number of uh, angry citizens, eminent citizens from across the country believe that this could be an inflection point once again after December, an inflection point for genuine change. But cynics are saying, what has really changed since December? We thought that moment would galvanize change, would lead to a new law, would lead to systemic change. But has that happened? Well, once again, the national capital has become the epicenter of protests. This time, protests against the sexual abuse of little children. And in the hot seat, Neeraj Kumar, Delhi's top police chief, finds himself in that familiar place, facing the heat, facing criticism, facing demands by people, many of them on this program tonight saying either the police chief should take action against erring police officers or he should opt out of office. Well, uh, Neeraj Kumar is joining us live now. Neeraj Kumar, thanks very much for your time on the program tonight. We heard your press conference this evening. You started by saying uh, that if your resignation could lead to, uh, in a sense, the rape figures and the sexual violence figures coming down, you would resign a thousand times. But that was not the origin of the problem. What, however, you, would you say to all of those anguished and angry citizens of this country who believe that at, at, at very minimum, somebody has to take moral responsibility, perhaps more than one person, whether it is the home minister of this country who says rapes happen everywhere, whether it's the chief minister, whether it's the lieutenant governor, or whether it is indeed you yourself. What would you say to those people tonight since you have asserted that you have no plans of quitting? Uh, moral responsibility for what? Moral responsibility for uh, depravity in society, moral responsibility for the sickness in people's minds, moral responsibility for the psychopathic uh, behavior of uh, uh, these two people we have uh, arrested within 48 hours. What should I take moral responsibility for? As far as uh, the shortfalls uh, that have been noticed, uh, in the police response, people have been suspended, ACP have been suspended, uh, the station house officer has been suspended, the investigating officer has been suspended. So we have taken all action and if uh, the allegations against them is substantiated, I mentioned in my press conference that I will take exemplary action against them. But so I don't understand, Barkha, you want me to take moral responsibility for what? For the fact that a uh, uh, five-year-old child has been raped by her neighbor? Let me try and answer. This is ridiculous. Let, let, me, let me try and answer what a lot of people are feeling and maybe that will answer your question. You say, why is it your moral responsibility that a five-year-old child has been violated in the most gruesome way possible using bottle parts and bits of candles by her, by her neighbor? The moral responsibility comes into question because there is an ACP level of officer uh, who actually slapped a protester. There is a family who says that the police of Delhi, India's national capital, offered me 2,000 rupees to 
keep quiet. There is the problem that the police doesn't inspire in general confidence of people that women don't feel confident to walk into a police station and register an FIR. That we are feeling a deja vu. We are feeling that nothing has changed after December. For all of these reasons, moral responsibility, Mr. Neeraj Kumar. Uh, I clarified in my press conference this afternoon that uh, the crime figures against women have uh, gone up exponentially. You know, molestation of women, uh, you know, registration has gone up by 600%. Uh, Eve teasing by 700%. The rape has gone up by 158%. This is on account of change. So what has changed since uh, December 12 is that our people are now receiving women complainants, they are recording their complaints, they are taking action because even, uh, even though the crime figures have gone up, the working out percentage has been equally high. And this has been acknowledged by various NGOs who have appeared in shows in uh, different channels who say that yes, we are getting less and less complaints, people's complaints are being uh, registered, ladies are coming forward to lodge complaints. But can I ask you, you said you've suspended the police officer who, uh, uh, who slapped that protester. The question is, and it was raised by Javed Akhtar earlier today, is suspension enough? Why, why should a suspension be enough? Why is there not an FIR against this police officer? He slapped a woman who was protesting against rape and sexual violence. Also, what about the family who says that the police offered us 2,000 rupees to keep shut? You have said if, 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 if these, uh, these lapses are proved, you will take exemplary, exemplary action. But at this stage, is suspension enough? Well, what else do you want me to do? Uh, can they be dismissed uh, straight away? Should they not be facing cases? I mean, just like Should the there not be cases against them? Hey, hang on. Hang on, hang on. Let me complete. These two people that we have arrested, can we hang them straight away? They have to go through a due process. Similarly, for taking exemplary action like say dismissal or removal or any such thing, we have to go through a due process. But despite going into the allegations, since we found prima facie that they had indulged in uh, poor response or for instance in the uh, case of the ACP who had slapped a lady on a camera, we have placed him under suspension straight away. The Lieutenant Governor, the Honorable Lieutenant Governor ratified the suspension this morning. In anticipation of his approval, I had suspended that man on uh, uh, Friday itself. But what face of the police do you think he's putting forward? What face of the police is he putting forward at a time when people are scared, as I said, when women are scared of walking into police stations to file a case? Here, there is a sense that protests are being shut down, that you get slapped if you protest against sexual violence. Let's talk of another decision. You have metro stations in, in the national capital being shut down to prevent protesters from converging. Neeraj Kumar, you remember that time when the police was accused of mishandling the protests, the mass protests in Delhi. Have no lessons been learned from that time? Why are metro stations being shut down? Why are protesters not being allowed to congregate at India Gate? India Gate is under 144 CRPC. 
the parliament is in session so the area around parliament is uh, under 144 this is a political uh, decision sir or your decision is, uh, sir if i may ask you to clarify is no, this a no, political no, it decision is or is it your decision no not at all it is every time the parliament is in session there is 144 around it and i'm sure you know about it why should metro stations be shut i told you uh, for the simple reason that we uh, we have to uh, ensure that there is no uh, you know mob violence or any such thing uh, around the parliament Mr Neeraj Kumar do you really believe that the protesters out on the street whether they belong to political parties or whether they are young men and women are capable of mob violence when they are actually protesting against sexual violence you should see the footage on your own channel and you will uh, uh, find your answer do you find yourself in a peculiar position because at the moment delhi has a chief minister who does not uh, who wants the police to report to her your the police of course uh, reports to the lieutenant governor and then to the home minister uh, you have uh, her son who's a member of parliament who believes that heads should roll including yours you have the opposition gunning for your head so are you in a peculiar position because you do not enjoy the confidence of the delhi uh, political establishment well why uh, uh, the chief minister's son or x y or z want my resignation i mean you should ask that question to them uh, i'm i'm not in a position to answer but uh, surely uh, barkha you have been covering uh, delhi for a long long time there have been so many serious incidents in delhi including the attack at the parliament house including the attack at red fort has ever the commissioner of police been asked to resign so there have been serial blasts in delhi has the commissioner of police been asked to resign the job of the police is to investigate is uh, catch uh, the accused to prevent crime but please understand and i'm sure you understand it well enough that crimes which happen within the confines of private spaces i'm referring to homes yes the uh, are not preventable a policeman cannot be present in every household and this fact has been brought about my senior colleague mrs kiran bedi a short time before but the police can facilitate a family that wants to complain sir in this case the family did want to complain against the neighbor They, i i take your point that there are cases where the enemy is within the four walls of the home but there are women who sometimes go to police stations against domestic violence that also happens inside the home there here you have a family who wanted to complain so i i i, I while i take your point i think you have to accept tonight that there is a problem of sensitivity when it comes to the police i have a photocopy of the uh register that is maintained uh, at the women help desk of uh, every uh, of police station gandhinagar her complaint the complaint uh, record, recorded by the girl's mother has been entered here and a case has been registered what we have suspended our officers for yeah that their responses were not what they should be are you ashamed of how they responded as a police officer well uh, it is certainly not becoming of a police officer the way they have uh, uh, 
uh, the way responded to this situation. You have said today that you are going to sue Arvind Kejriwal's party uh, for making defamatory statements, but they held a full press conference alleging that you have links with a Navy war room accused Abhishek Verma, a notorious arms dealer who claims to have referred to you in correspondence released by Edmund Allen as a personal and family friend. Uh, what do you uh, plan to do about this onslaught by, uh, and these serious allegations being made by you by Arvind Kejriwal and Prashant Bhushan? Barkha, you have been uh, covering uh, the events in Delhi for a long, long time. You know the connection. You should ask yourself, who arrested Abhishek Verma? First, it was I. It was I who arrested him. If he writes something to somebody, if Dawood Ibrahim tomorrow uh, writes to Tiger Memon that he knows me, uh, will you ask me to resign? This is ridiculous. So, are you going to sue them? Definitely. I want you to talk today without the politics of Delhi Police Chief versus Sheila Dixit, Home Ministry versus whoever. I want to ask you as a police officer from December to now, what have been your personal learnings? After all, we all make mistakes. As journalists, I have made mistakes. As a police officer, you have made mistakes. I can't believe that you believe the police has been infallible since December till now. This has been round two of a very a passionate set of protests on the streets. What has been a personal learning for you? What has been a mistake that you've made that, 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 that you would promise our people that you would not make again? Uh, nobody is infallible. Leave alone a force of 80,000 policemen. There, will, there would always be uh, aberrations. There would always be misdemeanor. If you see the number of people we proceed against, if the number of people is suspend, the number of people we dismiss, it was all there in my annual uh, report last year. You will notice that a large number of policemen have been suspended, have been dismissed, have been proceeded against, and I can say, not with any amount of pride, but just to make a factual statement, that no other department of the government takes as strict action against its employees as the police does, as the Delhi police does. So you don't believe that any mistakes have been made that you need to learn from? Let's talk about the handling of the protests. I told you. Let's talk about the handling of the protests. Last time a police officer died, you blamed the which? The handling of the protests of, of just ordinary people out on the streets who get tear gassed and lati charged for being out now, there protesting. You... This, this question you asked me last time also, I mean, you're one of your colleagues in another channel and I gave the answer that every experience is a learning curve. Yeah. I, we never say that uh, the handling of anything is perfect. That is, that is never our case. We always learn. Say even today what has gone on, we have learned several things. But I want to come back to the shutting Why down. Why we investigate a case, we learn several things. Oh, I want to come back to the shutting, shutting down. Please of don't interrupt me. Uh, no, okay, okay, go ahead, complete your point. Complete your point. No, no, now you have shifted to shutting down of the metro. It is our uh, decision, keeping certain strategies in mind. Uh, and it is not the first time that we have done it. Sir, is it not undemocratic? My question is just this, that we are a democracy. 
we have a right to peaceful protest we have a right to congregate peacefully and protest against our government against our police against our opposition against our journalists whoever we want to as people we have a right to protest peacefully the shutting down of metro station seems a very dictatorial thing to do it, it it's it's like trying to shut down protests uh that is not so it is an administrative uh, decision that we took uh, as per our strategy yes uh, we have never disputed the fact that uh, peaceful protest is the right in democracy but uh, when the parliament session is on when the security of vvips are at threat uh, certain decisions have to be taken which are not very pleasant let me ask you in the end neeraj kumar that the the prevention of child sexual abuse the the law as it is now actually says that police officers are liable if they do not take action in many ways this is going to be a test case there is this child there is another child abandoned we take your point that many of these crimes may origin originate within the circle of trust but what the police does after that becomes a test case do you believe in this case the police has done its job no if they had done their job they would not have been suspended it, it has been asked and why if the allegations are proved we will sorry go ahead sorry go ahead will will take stern action if the if the allegations are proved will take exemplary action this is a fact uh, that i mentioned uh, during my press conference as well some criticism has been made that you could have been a much more visible uh, police chief leading from the front that you chose to speak only today uh, uh, several days after this horrific incident had erupted do you regret not having come out and spoken earlier not at all i was busy supervising the investigation uh, my primary focus was on uh, getting the case cracked in uh, getting the people arrested and uh, you will always uh, give me so much liberty to time my uh, interviews uh, at the time i think is appropriate and mr neeraj kumar finally you said that they both the yeah you you said that it's ridiculous that that people are after your head that they're asking you to resign do you believe that you are being made uh, the fall guy then by politicians because someone has to i mean the buck has to stop somewhere the home minister the chief minister the lieutenant governor the police chief or are you saying that this is uh, a matter where actually it's not about crime and punishment so to speak do you believe you're being made the fall guy by politicians see barkha uh, there is a hierarchy in the police you are aware of that there is a station house officer there is an acp there is a deputy commissioner of police there is a joint cp range there is a special cp law and order and there then comes the commissioner of police let us not talk about people above me why is it that every time something like this happens uh, you people are asking for my resignation i have never understood it i would like to uh, ask you you tell me why should i uh, resign but i am saying many of the politicians are doing it forget the journalists many of the politicians are asking for your resignation i mean sandeep dikshit as i mentioned earlier you should earlier. ask the politicians you should ask the politicians concerned who are uh, uh, asking for my resignation i have failed to understand perhaps they don't like my face that is the only reason i can think of 
Well, we leave it there. Neeraj Kumar, Delhi's police chief, combative, saying, ask the politicians why they think I should resign. No police officer, no person is infallible. Mistakes have been made. It has been a learning curve and threatening to sue Arvind Kejriwal for the allegations today, alleging links with Navy war room accused and arms dealer Abhishek Varma. Thanks very much, Neeraj Kumar, for talking to us. Let's go straight across for reactions that Neeraj Kumar interview. Uh, Kiran Bedi, I know you have to leave. So first with you, Neeraj Kumar saying time and time again, what will my resignation actually achieve? I don't know why politicians want it, saying maybe they don't like my face. Is there an issue of accountability or do you feel that he's being made a scapegoat? For instance, the Nagpur, uh, the Jabalpur police commissioner is not being made to resign. Rapes are happening across India as we speak of young girls. Why has this become a focal point? I think let's understand. Let's be fair. Let's look at the system, uh, whole situation in a little unbiased way of whatever has been said or gone. I think uh, the, the system, this policing, remember, is a part of the governance. He needs the support of the Delhi government in, in a, many, many ways. Something which has not happened since after December the 16th. I, as a professional cop of past, I thought the Neeraj and the Delhi government now will work together to put in place a system of crime prevention, which means saturate the beats with both policemen and civil forces. And what is civil forces? The uh, chief minister has a lack of people of civil defense. Youth trained. Youth trained. Since in December, nothing happened. I'm saying this is a lesson not learned. Lesson which both haven't learned. And who could be the uh, people who could have made sure that this lesson is learned as a part of implementation is the lieutenant governor and the chief secretary. Are we mentioning these? I think these four are accountable for whatever has happened. I think that's what I'm saying. Let's not just identify him and focus him. There is one plus three. Do we know who the chief secretary of this government is? And where they are and what they're doing. And where's he heads the entire government. Is traffic police isolated from transport department? No. So yeah, I think what he really needs is we need to put policing as a part of governance and a whole set of bhagidari in policing. Yeah, we look for instant answers and we just can't find them. Javed Saab, you spoke very eloquently before Neeraj Kumar came in on what he should actually do. We heard him stonewalling in many issues. He asked back, he asked Barkha, he said, how can you want me to hang people without an inquiry? Everyone is entitled to a fair trial. That's what this ACP no, no, and these constables right. deserve. No, no, I have a, uh, you see, uh, uh, in all humility, I must accept that I am neither a police officer nor a lawyer. So my knowledge of uh, uh, certain laws is rather limited. But uh, I really wonder, and I wanted to ask uh, Neeraj if possible, that uh, whatever they did, these police officers slapping the woman, refusing to take the FIR, or uh, bribing uh, the, the victim father, this is poor response, according, this is the term he used, poor response, or a crime. Yes. Mm -hmm. According to the present law, I think Vrinda Grover will be in better position to talk about it, because she is a lawyer, that is it poor response? This is the term the police commissioner could find for this kind of behavior, poor response. I mean, it is shocking. The fact is, to my best knowledge, these are crimes and people who have committed it are criminals. I mean, it is right there uh, on the audio video that the man is slapping. What proof do you want? What inquiry you are doing? What interrogation you need to do that? Why this person is not arrested? Why no FIR has been written against it? Is it not? This is a poor response. Hmm.
let me bring in also uh, with uh, me tonight is uh, Prabha Thakur, who just joined us off the Congress again, MP and also part of a standing committee on uh, women's empowerment. But before that, I would want to know legally yes. what is the very position. Very uh, I think Brinda will be able to tell you. Brinda, go ahead. Because it is actually a crime under the new law. Javed yes. Saab is right. Go yes, ahead. Both under the new law, under 166A. It's quite interesting. Sure. Javed Saab knows the law better than the Delhi Police Commissioner. Hmm. I think the Delhi Police Commissioner needs to be told what the law book says. And if I am not a lawyer, may I, I, may I, I just complete? This may I just complete section 166A so of the Indian Penal Code, under introduced by Criminal Law Amendment Act 2013, as well as earlier provisions of the Indian Penal Code. This is a public servant not discharging his duty. So these are not mistakes, these are not errors, these are crimes. Therefore, we, we do not want suspensions and we do not want inquiries. We want FIRs, arrest, and criminal prosecution. Prabhuji, go ahead. You uh, please come in. I will be more comfortable to speak in Hindi if you please kindly allow me. That's fine, ma'am. Go ahead. Aap Hindi me bolye. Dekhiye, sunye. Main ye jo sari sachchan sun rahi thi. Though I am not a advocate or any lawyer or a barrister, but I am a public representative. Ji. And I know the public sentiments. तो मैं पब्लिक सेंटीमेंट्स की बात करूंगी जी और यहाँ हम अभी पुलिस रिफॉर्म्स की बात कर रहे हैं या क्या हम यहाँ पर उस बच्ची की बात कर रहे हैं जिसके साथ इस तरह का दर्दनाक हादसा हुआ है या और बच्चियों के साथ भी हुआ है देश के विभिन्न हादसों में मैं एक भारतीय हूँ मैं एक माँ हूँ हमारे घर में सबके बे बच्चियां हैं बहन बेटियां हैं सभी परिवारों में आज ये केवल दिल्ली की चिंता का विषय नहीं है ऐसे आज से वो मध्य प्रदेश में भी हुआ है छत्तीसगढ़ में भी हुआ है हरियाणा में भी है दिल्ली में भी है ये कई जगह इस तरह के हादसे हुए हैं कई चार साल की कई सात साल की मासूम कई पांच साल की मासूम ये और जितना एजुकेशन बढ़ रही है जितना हम तरक्की कर रहे हैं उतनी तरक्की इसमें भी हो रही है जितने कठोर कानून बन रहे हैं कोई असर नहीं हो रहा है कारण क्या है कारण ये है कि जो अपराधी है जो ऐसे दरिंदे हैं उनको खौफ नहीं है खौफ किसका नहीं है कानून का नहीं है क्यों क्योंकि कानून में और कठोर प्रोविजन की जरूरत है जैसा कि सोनिया जी ने कहा था पिछली बार कि अब दिस इज नॉट टाइम फॉर डिबेट दिस इज द टाइम टू एक्ट और एक्शन बहुत स्ट्रॉन्ग होना चाहिए इसको और स्ट्रॉन्ग बनाना चाहिए फांसी की सजा यस हमारी रिमांड है मृत्यु दंड हो फांसी की सजा हो उन लोगों को जो इन बच्चियों के साथ ऐसा क्राइम करते हैं और जो जो इस जो ये जो गैंग रेप्स होते हैं इन दो में और कौन सा एविडेंस चाहिए खाली उसकी शिनाख्त काफी है आइडेंटिफिकेशन काफी है और एक मेडिकल वो हो जाए एग्जामिनेशन वो काफी है उसके बाद और लड़कियों का बयान उसके बाद दो महीने पहले तो एफ आर लॉज होना है ना नजमा जी कैन यू कम इन ऑन दैट पॉइंट द 
acceptance by the political class that this is not about political back and forth. It's not about seeing who can outdo each other by saying the death penalty for this, death penalty for that. Tomorrow there will be some other case and be death penalty for that. Is that the answer? Are we really looking at the key issues? That's why you go ahead. We thought Sushma Saraj said death penalty for all rapes involving children and that is something which appeals to the popular sentiment. But how far are we going to go when the issue comes back to the basic case? FR is not lodged. Missing children are not taken seriously, especially if the child is from a poor family. I agree with you 100 percent. terminate the police officer's terminate we believe in law. We belong to a, a class which is a legislator. We legislate. We form the law. And we should try to see that the laws are implemented in spirit and, and letter. That is the thing which I am asking for. When the Home Minister came, when he was bringing that uh, that rape law in the last session, mm -hmm. he said that he is going to train the police, sensitize them. I wanted to ask the police commissioner, did he sensitize his police people, personnel? What did he do about it? They don't treat poor people who come with a complaint like criminals. Don't throw them out. Don't let, don't, don't frighten them. Let them feel that police is their friend in need. That is the attitude will change. Completely me. agree, but I think as Kiran Bedi made the done. point, it's all very well to put the blame on this police commissioner, that police commissioner. But what are political representatives doing on that responsibility as well? That's also a key issue. Police transfers are still under politicians. Why is it that getting a post is such a key issue of political lobbying? Rahul Bose, come in on that point. We keep talking about political will. You said you hope that this will be a turning point in a sense. At least the, what happened in Delhi in December got us a stronger law. What do you hope can I, actually happen can with outrage and anger? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. What do you mean? What do you mean by political will? I mean by political Can will to make explain? sure to get police reforms through. I mean political will to make sure that commissioners no. are not appointed after political lobbying. Shall I tell you one thing? Whichever, I'm not talking about one state or the other or the center. Mm -hmm. Wherever it is, the, the responsibility is the government to see that the police reforms takes place. It is not the political parties who do it. It is not the parliament or the state assemblies to do it. Whether it is Madhya Pradesh or Chhattisgarh or it is Haryana or Delhi, the government in, in position, the government who controls should see that in their region the police is properly trained, sensitized. To behave Agreed. So the, so the UK government, you are saying, is responsible for that. But Rahul Bose, uh, go ahead. No. Any government is the power of the Prime Minister. Any time. In Delhi, as well as in Madhya Pradesh, in Haryana, wherever it is. Okay. I'm not, I'm not politicizing so the whole situation. Okay. Go ahead, Rahul Bose. Every, every chief minister is responsible. Right. Go ahead, Rahul. Sonia, if I may complete the point I was making before the Commissioner's uh, interview Sorry. with Barkha. Um, I just wanted to say that um, just like post uh, the gang rape incident in December uh, brought people out onto the streets, got all of you, everybody in the media's eyes on, on the issue 
and unfailingly kept uh, uh, shone a light on that issue. Uh, what will happen, I hope, is uh, with the incidents of yesterday, in the last two, three days, I hope that with sustained protests from civil society and sustained um, uh, uh, attention by the media, that this then lifts the shroud of secrecy and silence over child sexual abuse. We're talking of approximately 200 million children, out of which 44 million are uh, victims of aggravated child sexual abuse. Uh, you know, we've only just got an act into place, and that act, I mean, I'm happy to say that even my foundation had a tiny little part to play in the nuancing of the act. So we are all, you know, hoping that this is an inflection point, as I was making that point before mm -hmm. Barkha came on, that from here onwards, the silence in homes, in communities and schools, and you know, my foundation does workshops in all three places uh, to sensitize people on child sexual abuse. That silence is lifted and just like in a strange way, uh, it's, it's in, a, in a sort of ironical way when cases of rape reporting are now you know, really increasing exponentially, we will now see cases of uh, child sexual abuse reporting as well as coverage of that. Mm -hmm. uh, the news, it, things are going to look very, very bad, but in my opinion, if they do, then they're looking better because then it's, it's out there and then we can actually you know, focus our outrage constructively. But we cannot lose our emotional energy in the next few months. This is a very, very long battle. 24,000 rapes last year, Sonia. Uh, 200 million children being sexually abused. These are not issues that will go away with just doing one thing or for a short while. Mm -hmm. Many things have to be done, and so many of them have been discussed today on your show. Many things have to be done concurrently, but finally we have to realize that when we are actually defining what power is, what masculinity is, uh, we must understand that it cannot be aggressive, it cannot be uh, violent, it has to, we have to redefine the mm -hmm. notion of what it means to be powerful, to be peaceful, to be compassionate. Look, these are very, very long-term solutions, but they are the only ones that will work in they the long term. In the short term, a lot, of, a lot of wiser heads have said stuff today that makes a lot of sense. Right. Uh, anu Akha, that, that point uh, that uh, Rahul Bose is making... So right I want to say something. Go ahead, Prabhaji. Go ahead. Sunia, I want to say that when someone is very ill, then they give a drug. Or there is a painful therapy that gives the patient to the patient. In the same way, this is crime of the और ये गैंग रेप जैसा इतनी भीषण इतनी राक्षसी जो घटनाएं हो रही हैं इनका कोई इलाज नहीं है आप नोट कर लीजिए जब तक सजाए मौत का प्रोविजन नहीं किया जाएगा कितने ही कठोर कानून बना लीजिए अभी बना है एक और कठोर कानून उससे कोई खौफ नहीं है डर नहीं है अपराधियों को और जब तक उन्हें मर्डर के लिए भी डेथ पेनल्टी है नहीं पर वो जो आर्गुमेंट है ये अपराध बंद नहीं होंगे अनुवाद कमल या डेथ पेनल्टी इसे लेके टॉक बस नहीं करें बट डेथ पेनल्टी but we have to look at some of the unpleasant things about India. The safety of our women record is one of the worst. We are compared with Afghanistan and Congo. If you look at trafficking and missing children, unless there is a nexus between the police and the politicians, 
this cannot happen. Can we look at all these things a little more rather than blame easier things or advocate capital punishment? Oh, item numbers. But you are on the standing committee, ma'am. The suggestions you make, where do they actually come? Do they ever come to parliament? Are they pending for years? Do MPs even show up? What actually happens in the standing committee which we can see translate into uh, bills, acts and law? I've been there for about six months and nothing that we have discussed has come to the parliament yet. Well, and we've seen parliament disrupted again today. Vrinda Grover, just a question has also been raised. The sad fact is that there's so many gudiyas, if they use the term, around India. The reports are coming in Nagpur, little girl struggling. But why is it that only when something happens in Delhi do we see barricades being broken? Do we see this outrage? In a sense, people are cynical that where there's the media, you see the protests. If it happens anywhere else, nothing happens. And then you see politicians also reacting to media and then you say, oh, why are they reacting to it? It's, it becomes a vicious cycle, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think that's a very sad commentary on Indian democracy and on the, how responsive our democracy is. What they need is that the you know, in people in Delhi are awareness lata hai society mein, it's a good thing. Yes. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate that if it's happening in Chhattisgarh or if it's happening to a Dalit or it's happening to an Adivasi or it's happening in Kashmir or Manipur, nobody is going to react or respond. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the hierarchies that we live with which parliament endorses. I want to just say two, three things. Mm -hmm. What is the signal that this interview of the police commissioner gave out to all of us? He sanctified impunity. He said, I cannot prevent crimes that are happening in the homes. So he's telling everybody who's sexually abusing women and girl children in homes and other children, we can't do anything about you. You are beyond the reach of law and beyond the reach of policing. That's what he said. Though he didn't say he won't punish it, but he's saying, how can I prevent it? Yeah, I think there are many. How do you give the message that you inspire people to come and complain? How do you send the message that impunity will not be allowed? <coughs> the message he's giving is, this is beyond my reach. I don't even know what is to be done. He actually made a great case for him to be sacked tomorrow morning. The second, the second thing he said to us was, I will not take action, legal action in accordance with the law against policemen who have committed crime. I will treat them as mistakes and as errors. This is the signal he gives to us at this juncture and then trivializes it by saying, oh, do people want my resignation because of my face, blah, blah. Citizens are asking f serious questions. Forget what political parties are saying. It's really not important. Political parties, according to me, haven't even begun to understand the problem. The death penalty is part of the problem. Even though you I want to just explain that. Just because even though, because there many have made the point that the fact is that you did get a law, no, you no, got a justice from a panel report which gave a report in 30 this days. Not and you got a new law passed in record time, which yes, given the state of bail, you did get that through. So would you recall the debate that took place in Lok Sabha on that day? Ridiculous. It wasn't ridiculous. It was a prejudice. It was a bias. It was a misogyny. Ma'am, can I please finish? The debate in Lok Sabha betrayed every single bias against women. And they said, oh, we are being compelled to pass it because people asked. People have moved ahead of the Indian parliament. That is the truth today. Poxo wasn't passed just a few months ago. It's been passed last year. Where is the training under Poxo that has taken place? What has the police commissioner done to acquaint his officers with Poxo? This, there are no excuses for what is happening anymore. These are serious uh, and, and I want to take this point about collaborative policing across the world, in UK, in Canada. You have civilian oversight of policing. Mm -hmm. We have to introduce civilian oversight. The nexus between the political class and the police is against the citizen of this country. And how do we break that? Well, that's eventually...
parliament has stood against we are back to the political class in a sense and, and i think the government should call all party meeting But not for death penalty death penalty meeting. is not the answer it's an abdication of responsibility by every parliamentarian let us see how that moves forward the point is we do have a new law in place but the issue is again where is the law going to be implemented until you get past the first obstacle that's the police station and the fir we have to take a break now but i'd like to thank all my guests for joining me this evening we'll take a quick break after that some excerpts of that neeraj kumar interview thank you all very much navjahatullah prabha thakur rahul bose anuaga and brinda gurwa for joining me tonight goodbye